the biggest thing that we can do to make the world more sustainable is to make things as easy and as simple as possible. Make this transition just a no-brainer for everyone involved and really tapping into people's natural behaviors, like wanting to shop. I mean, this obsession with shopping is why retail and e-commerce and businesses like Amazon are some of the biggest organizations in the world. So let's tap into that. Let's make it super easy to switch to a more sustainable solution by offering a marketplace where all the products are vetted to be sustainable. And that is exactly what Leslie Sheridan is creating with PlanetSense. But there is so much more to PlanetSense than just the sustainable marketplace because it's more than just businesses selling to consumers, but it's also the other side of businesses selling to other businesses and also businesses offering their services to others, a B to B to C model. So make sure you check out the entire interview today with Leslie Sheridan as she explains exactly what she is doing to fight the climate crisis. You are here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Leslie, do you mind telling us about Planet Sense and what you guys do? Oh, yes, absolutely. Planet Sense is a sustainable marketplace whose mission is to reverse climate change. And so you're saying, okay, wait a second here. Marketplace, climate change, every other marketplace I've seen in the sustainable area, nobody says we're specifically about reversing climate change. And so the way that came about is that I, for two years, just basically watched lots of people talk about, oh, the biggest threat facing humanity, et cetera, et cetera. And this went on, including in the climate industry, the environmental industry. And I know the space and I'm looking around going, well, where's the big solution? Where's the big solution? And I don't see any big solutions. So I'm going, okay, what can we do that's not going to strong arm people, but that will just nudge them in the right direction? or make them totally go on. And I said, it can't be something where you're strong arming people. It has to be something where people will go, yeah, I could do that. I could make that chip. So this drove me crazy for two years. And one morning I woke up and I said, everybody, everybody shops. And so why don't we do a sustainable marketplace specifically with the purpose of utilizing sustainable purchasing to reverse climate change? Because obviously climate change can is very tied to what we are doing, including all the shopping, et cetera. So this is how it came about. And it's actually pretty funny. People who know me, I'm about the lowest consumer you could possibly have. <laughs> I just don't buy a lot of stuff. I don't need a lot of stuff. And so it's funny. But Planet Sense basically is a B2B to C model and a B2C model. So what I mean by that it will serve consumers as well as businesses. And as there is nothing out there right now that captures both of those markets, and there's nothing, and because you as a consumer, we have to run around for this and that. We got this little sustainable marketplace over here, and we've got Trader Joe's over there, and we have this purchasing company. Nothing is all in one place. So people are running around. And this is 2022. There's no like a sustainable products and services marketplace like an Amazon. And the majority, almost all, like I would say 99%, if not 100, have services. And so what you find on the business side is all the same problem exists on the business side. You see the business side people, amazingly procurement people say, oh, the same thing's happening. They're going to Staples for paper products. They're going to Ikea for green recycled furniture, et cetera. But they're running around just like the consumer. And this is astounding. It's just absolutely astounding. So our model allows both the consumer and the business purchaser to find everything they want in one place. And on the services side, 
people literally, you ask anybody, it's called internet search. They're going around here and there and everywhere. Okay, there's solar installers, there's green architects, there's green landscapers, there's green consultants. Where do I find this? I got to sit there and spend hours going through the internet. And then how do I know? Are these people that are vetted? Are they really sustainable? <laughs> so you don't really know. And our model will have a lot of vetting built into it. So the vetting will be very extensive. So in sustainable marketplaces, you might find a couple that say fair trade, organic, or cruelty-free or whatever. We will have that on steroids. We will have that on steroids. And a lot of people will say, how do you compete with them? And what's interesting is because going back to my original mission that we need everybody on board to reverse climate change, we don't just need this or that or whatever, we're inviting sustainable marketplaces into our marketplace. So you might have a, one that focuses on food, you might have another one that focuses only on home, et cetera, et cetera. And 98, 99% of them are all B2C. They're all business to consumer. So you're going, really? So how do we help them? We help them by saying, you're not a competitor. You're somebody we want in our marketplace and we can open the entire business market to you. So it's a win for them. It's a win for the businesses. Now it gets even more exciting because on the business, we have a B to B to C model. And what that means is businesses can use us as an employee benefit use our marketplace as an employee benefit, as an employee, customer, partner, or supplier incentive, recognition, reward, team building tool, training tool, etc. So what's great is they don't have that right now. Now, why is this important to businesses? This is important because businesses, unfortunately, for many years, and they've been coddled by the baby boomers like me, they've gotten away with greenwashing for years. Slap your name up on a conference and say, I'm sponsoring this. Put your sustainability person sitting on a panel. Aren't we wonderful? Whatever. But where's the action? And millennials and Gen Zs are demanding this action. And so companies see this going on around the world and they're saying, wow, we need to do something. And what makes it more interesting is they need to do something measurable and meaningful. So this is something that millennials and Gen Zs are all about. They're saying, you could say that you're doing carbon offsets and some companies are doing that, but most companies are like doing nothing. Like maybe I've got a recycling plan in my company or whatever. They're just not doing anywhere near enough. So basically have a bunch of people on their back. So here are the people they got on their back. So they got consumers, 66% of regular consumers will purchase a regular, not green, will purchase a sustainable product over one that's not. Those numbers for millennials and Gen Zs are 87 and 94%. So you, if you're a company and you find out that figure, you better be shaking in your shoes. And it gets even worse because those two generations, which will be the 75% of the world's population in 2050, 75%. So you're looking, you're a company, and now you got them are saying, uh-uh, look at the millennials and Gen Zs. Then you, those two generations, 36% of them will not take a job or stay at a job at a company that is doing something bad for the planet. Think about that. So now you've got consumers on your back. Now you have employees on the employment market on your back in an already short labor market. And then you have investors on your back. And investors, this is really good news for us environmental people. Just in 2019 alone, investors, the percentage of investors asking companies for environmental impact reports went from 40 to 75% in one year. So these companies, they know if I want investors or if I want to keep those people investing in me, I better do something. Now you got shareholders sitting on your board and they're saying, oh, you can't get away with this anymore. Now you got partners and suppliers and they're saying to you, hey, guess what? You're a partner or supplier. We're being forced to green up our supply chain. And that includes you. So you had six contingencies on your back. You're seeing climate strikes all over the world. You've been greenwashing and you're saying, okay, 
people aren't buying the carbon offset thing unless it's independent third party verified saying that yes, you are planting all those trees in Uganda or whatever. And so as a company, you are scrambling to try to find something that's going to help you attraction and retention of consumers, employees, investors, partners, and suppliers and shareholders you are scrambling for something that shows them measurable accent. So we can show them, this is how much of your purchasing is rising. This is how much of your reputation and this and that and the other polls, et cetera, is changing. And so they have something that makes them look good, protects their bottom line, and it's just a win-win for everybody. And that, that's basically our model. It's B to B to C, and it really helps. Everybody. Yeah, definitely. It's just a win all around. You're able to not only get all those people off of the businesses back, but you're also able to show them like, hey, you can make these changes and you're opening up to a huge market. And you mentioned, you know, millennials and Gen Zs. But the reason why we feel this way and these millennials and Gen Zs, and because we're learning this all in school, we're learning about climate change. We're learning about all of this stuff all the time in school. And they just, it's constantly beating down our throats, but it's important and this is happening. And so it needs to be taught. And so what's also being said is that's not going to stop. It's not just going to all of a sudden be like, poof, okay, the next generation. Okay. As long as you live through Gen Z's and millennials, then the next generation will be fine. No, like <laughs> the next generation is just going to be even more emphatic and really getting into it as well. Cause this is what's happening and we're all seeing this and everybody's like, we got to do something <laughs> like there. Yeah. There is so much going on and we got to take some action. We got to totally. actually see something happening. Exactly. So. And totally about your point about doing something. A lot of people do not understand. They think this is a future problem. So they're going, okay, it's a future problem. Okay. Yeah. I might recycle more. I might do this or that. That'll get me off the hook. And a lot of people, one, don't know about it. The people outside of our tribe, basically the non-green people, they don't even know about it. And there will be an educational aspect to our website as well. And the reason people don't know about this is in 2019, think about this, in 2019, the major media in the US, CBS, NBC, even PBS, ABC, blah, 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 those of all those, the major media in 2019, the average number of hours among them, the average number of hours for a year that they covered climate change was four, four. That's not only irresponsible journalism, it is criminal journalism, costing people's lives, costing them to lose their land, et cetera. And the thing is that people won't take action on what they don't understand. I'm a salesperson of many years. And if you don't teach people why, what the problem is to begin with, you can't sell them on it. And this is the problem. The other reason why that this is a problem is that people with this whole, it's a thing in the future, people don't understand this has been going on for a very long time. So in 2017 alone, 2017 alone, there were 68.5 million climate refugees in the world. Million. Most people don't know that. Now, why don't they know that? They don't know that, one, because the media hasn't been doing its job. But number two, they don't know that because they are mostly people of color and they are poor. And unless you are a white person in a developed country, like we've seen with the vaccine thing. Oh, forget that Africa only has 3% of people vaccinated. It's out of sight, out of mind. If it's not a white developed country, we just, it's not a problem. It's ridiculous. And so people don't realize this has grown exponentially since then. And it will keep growing. And even just this week, everybody, I have interns around the world, everywhere is just hotter than hell. It's no matter where you live. And this is going on. And then you see the fires in Spain and you see the floods in Bangladesh this week. And it's just on and on. And this is only getting more frequent. It's only getting more severe. And we need to start thinking and looking at all these people that are impacted. We need to look at them like they are us and they are our own loved ones. 
And this is what really, this is for me, this is the bottom line for me as to the passion that is driving Planet Sense. I love the environment. As you can tell about my background, I love the environment. But for me, Billy, this is about people. This is about people's lives. This is about people being alive, not having to go to another country and beg their way into another country and then have that other country say, oh, this is the only space we have. You get to live in squalor without even clean water or one toilet for 50 people. And this is going on. It's been going on and it's getting worse. And so we have to start looking at this. What if this is me? What if it is my loved one? Not just to say, oh, this person, it's beyond my reach, but really say, what if this was me? What would I do? Acting from a, as if it were me. And when I get up against it and go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I don't have this skill or that skill. I have two plants behind my computer and I have pictures of climate refugees from around the world hanging. And several of them are from my own intern after cyclones, pictures that they took. And when I look at those, it constantly reminds me, even though I might be up against it, I might be going, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. All I need to do is look up. And that reminds me of why I'm doing this. Definitely. Yeah. And I heard one story before to you about a guy who lived in Florida. And as a kid, he was very poor in this area of Florida. And each year the hurricanes would come by. And one year it happened where they got something, maybe a branch or something fell through their roof. And so they had a hole in their roof. And so each year it just kept getting bigger and bigger because they couldn't afford to fix it. And so it was this thing that they would walk into their living room because it was right in the middle of the living room. And it was just like this big elephant in the room that they couldn't talk about. Anytime they talked about it, their parents like got really mad at them. And it's like, he's living in this for almost all of his life. And so he isn't like one of those people that was really cares all about the environment or anything, but it's, this was so real for me. This was my life. And because of climate change of coming through with the storms just getting worse and worse. And when they come through every single year and there's a lot of them, right? It's causing this destruction on these homes. And for people who are poor, who can't afford to fix their homes every single year, it's what do you do? You live with a hole in your work. And I just think that's crazy. And so it's, even though a lot of people say, oh, climate change, it's something that's happening in the future. No, it's happening now. There is evidence happening all over the world that it's taking place and it's happening and we got to do something about it. And there are water wars that are being fought already. And it's been proven that if we do not do enough about climate change, the wars in the world will increase by 26%. Right now, there are 5 million deaths a year due to climate change. This makes me very angry when I know these facts and see nothing is being done. It's just not acceptable. And then we're not even looking at the other things that are all involved. So for instance, health, we think COVID is bad. That's going to be a walk in the park compared to what is coming. You already see this in some of the diseases and the waterborne things and the locusts in Africa eating all the crops and the hotter the environment gets. And you see it. They are also saying that per year, if we don't do something, it's going to take $83 million just out the window in the economy. And that's a small estimate. I heard that it was going to be taking like something like $32 trillion worldwide to pay for climate change and all of its reparations in the future. So if you're talking about, oh, we don't want to spend a couple billion dollars, like this is going to happen and it's going to be 20, 30 some trillion dollars a year. And it's just going to continue to expand on itself, which is how we want to happen. Yeah. And we want to get the media to really step up because even since 2019, it's not happening. You see what the media loves and just sensationalize the hell out of the newest disaster. Oh my gosh, look at all the cars floating down the river and the houses, et cetera. But many of them, there's no comment at all about the connection to climate change. It's all the sensationalism, but no connection at all. And one does wonder 
where's the connection between their funders and why this is not? Yeah, you have to wonder. And it's just, you have to wonder why we can't get more of that out there. There's also the side, like we get a lot of disaster news. So that's this bad stuff is happening. And then, oh, they might mention once in a while about how climate change is changing and it's getting warmer or whatever. But then there's no mention as well about all these things that are happening out in the world that are people making a difference trying to fight against climate change that there are ways to impact the climate like you guys are doing you guys are trying to do and that needs to be told too that there are these issues and we see climate change causing all of these problems but that there are people who are trying to solve those problems oh, i'm so That's glad it. that you mentioned this because i'm so with you on this and there have been studies about this about the fact that you have to balance educating people about this and the severity of it and what's really going on without scaring the hell out of them. Children are already just scared beyond belief. You have people in the millennial generation that are saying, or Gen Z, Gen X, I don't even want to have babies because of this. That is shocking that we've mm -hmm. gotten to that point. And what is interesting is we have to balance between this is how severe the problem is. And to your point, but let's see, let's look at some of the wonderful stories. Let's look at some of the wonderful products that are coming out that you've never even heard of. A month ago, this company is trying to get rid of single plastic bags and they're making them out of mushrooms. And then you take the bag home, you put it in water, it totally disintegrates. It's really cool. And so we need more coverage of that. We need more coverage of people like you that are saying, hey, I want to get out there and I want to share this positive news. I want to show you that this can happen and the inspiration, the victories of, hey, in the UK, they're charging people if they're using a car instead of a bicycle and these kinds of things. And the other thing is it gives people the idea that, wow, I could do that in my town. I could do that. And a lot of people, they get overwhelmed. And I see this in my business in coaching as well, that people get overwhelmed going, I'm just one little old person. And I tell them every single major change in history has started with one person saying, I've had enough and this is what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to rope a bunch of people in and we're going to make this happen. Every major change and everything that is quote unquote impossible. It was impossible to fly. And then the Wright brothers came along and oh, women weren't going to get the right to vote and on and on. Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Dolores Huerta, every single major change that was supposedly impossible was happening because people said, let's do this. Let's band together and let's do this. And this is where Planet Sense really is looking to do is bring everybody together and say, come on, we can do this. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get away from the, I'm competing with this, whatever. Let's just get all on the same page and let's do this. Definitely. And it's the kind of thing too, where you don't have to be the community person who's out there raising the flag and protesting or getting a bunch of people together. You can be part of lots of these groups that people have already formed that are out there doing this work. So you don't have to be, if you're not that personality to go out and lead, you can be a follower too. And we need those people as well. We need those people who are willing to say, hey, I don't agree with this either. And there is something I can do to help. And even if you want to take even a further step, there is so many jobs out there now that are working with companies that are extremely either fighting against climate change, like lots of the companies that I've interviewed, and then also other people who are being more and more eco-conscious. They're doing more and more things to become climate friendly and really be able to get that thing across. So it's not as like impossible as it was maybe 10 or 15 years ago, where it was just like, okay, you could, maybe you're a person who might be able to join a zealous group who's trying to change some policy in the government. Like we need those people too. But if you're not one of those people, there's so many other things you can do as well. So it's really just, what is your talent? There's something out there for you where you can really take an action and be a part of something great. So I totally agree. I totally agree. And the other thing is the power of the dollar, because when you think about it, sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of the time, that's what companies understand unless it affects their bottom line and their reputation, it's like, oh, out of sight, out of mind. So this is planet sense, buy, boycott, a boycott, while you are also boycotting. Stop 
purchasing and supporting, putting your money in banks that are some of the biggest funders of oil drilling out there. You have to also vote with your principles, vote your values, because who you're getting into office matters. And to your point about you can contribute in every different way, as much as we see more people that are coming in to politics as environmentalists, et cetera, we also know that governments have not solved this problem. They don't have the willpower to do it. And why is that? Because a lot of companies are lining their pockets due to lobbying groups that basically say, hey, this is how I want you to vote, et cetera. And that is one of the biggest problems is until we get like dark money out of politics, it's going to stay that way. And so we cannot rely on government to do it. If they wanted to do it, it would be done already. It would be done already. And it's not. So what we need to do is we need to remember the point of people power, use our dollars, shop and vote our values. It matters. The minute we see this all the time, the minute people say, okay, I'm not buying from that company. And then the company sees this going on. This is why what I talked about earlier with the numbers of consumers that will purchase it with their dollars, or they will not work at a company. That's pretty stark. And then you have the investors. I'm not going to invest in you unless I see a really good environmental impact report. So all of these things matter. They really matter. They really do. Now let's talk a little bit more about Planet Sense. We kind of got off on a climate change <laughs> activist <laughs> rant, good. but no, it was really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But so let me ask you this. What is your name, the Planet Sense? Where does that come from? Yeah, I first believe it's common sense to do this, obviously, because we only live on one planet and we don't have another planet to go to. So it's common sense to care about the planet and do something about it. Now, Planet Sense itself is just a brand name for the intangible currency that will be used on the marketplace. It's not an NFT. And by the way, we are doing nothing with NFTs, but it's basically a brand saying this is how many cents you have to go and spend in the marketplace. And the cents are strictly used in the currency, whatever currency it is. So if a company says, I'm going to give you 50 cents to go and spend in the marketplace. That would be $50 in America. That would be 50 yen in Japan, et cetera, et cetera. People who are using this, the companies that are basically using this as an employee benefit, as a customer incentive, part, et cetera, et cetera, they are saying, hey, guess what? This is how much money we're giving you in the marketplace. So I'll give you an example. So you have a company that says, hey, we want our employees to meet their KPIs and we're going to use it as an incentive. So we're saying to the employee, hey, guess what? You're a sales employee. I want you to meet 5 million this year. And if you meet that, you're going to get X number of cents to go and spend in the marketplace. So the person says, yeah, I can meet it. So they go and they meet it. And the company says, I'm giving you this many planet cents. And they say, wow, I've got enough for a whole vacation in Italy. And I see the sustainable travel agency on planet census website. And I'm going to use them to plan the whole trip. We're going to visit all sustainable, everything. We're going to stay in a sustainable hotel. We're going to whatever. My wife's always wanted to go to Italy. So that's what we're going to do with these sets. And so it's common sense and it's planet sense. Awesome. I love that. That's great. <laughs> and I like on your website, you mentioned dump Amazon and do something more sustainable. And so is your goal to reach to the point where you're meeting that point of being even more than Amazon? Because you guys are providing way more than just than what Amazon is providing. You're providing this marketplace for not only businesses to reach consumers, but also businesses to businesses. So there's another side of it as well. Yeah. So, um, it's funny that you bring this up. That the whole Amazon thing is literally one of the number one things that comes out of people's mouths, including investors. And they say, well, you know, that's a big company. A lot of people are like, oh, you're taking on this big company. Yeah, I might be taking on this big company. But from the start, we have way different things than they have. 
one of the things, of course, integrity and values. And, and everybody knows the reputation of the head of that company is not <laughs> really aligned with that and the behaviors and such. And so right away, no matter how much they could do right from the start, how they treat their workers, how they strong arm their sellers and say, it's our way or the highway. We do not have any intention of doing that in our model. We believe in respecting employees, respecting sellers, or respecting customers. We will give as much control as we can to the sellers. And so they're not being strong armed. And the employees will be working at a place where they're treated right. Amazon has, yeah, they just moved up to $15 an hour, but they have a 150% turnover rate, 150%. And so I'm watching PBS one night and there's an Amazon commercial saying, hey, we just bumped ourselves up to $15 an hour where you can give people the money, but until you actually take care of your people and give them, pretend that you actually care about them by showing <laughs> Yeah. So right off the bat. And so they can say, we're this big, whatever. And I have to say, they are making movements towards coming greener. When I started Planet Sense, I went on their site. They had only 14 pages of environmental products. 14. And for a company of that size, not really great. Kind of small. Right. <laughs> it tells you about intention. So I love seeing that he's throwing, Jeff Bezos is throwing all kinds of money at environmental nonprofits that I really care about. So I'm really happy that he's doing that. I'm happy he's making changes in his company that are green. However, mm-hmm. he won't be able to be of the value we will And right now, other than things like Amazon Web Services, et cetera, he doesn't have services. So we will have everything from bamboo toilet paper to green recycled furniture to green architects and green landscapers and actual Mm -hmm. solar panels if you want to do your own solar. Nope. And you don't want to do your own solar. We got all kinds of installers that will do it for you on and on. And there is no place for that right now, which is just absolutely astounding. And so people will say, oh, Amazon, whatever. Where is the sustainable marketplace that's like an Amazon? Where is it? That includes services. That includes a way that businesses can actually make this happen and really share it. Because the cool thing is from a scalability standpoint, when those companies share it with their employees, their partners, their suppliers, and they share it with theirs and they share it with theirs, it's like a tree root system that really can make an impact in swinging things backwards from a climate change standpoint, that can really make an impact because you can just go to any website and yes, they might have this or that, and you can feel good that they've got anti-trafficking or their fair trade or whatever. And we will have that on steroids, but we are about impact. Everything about us is about impact. And so if that's the case, how do you measure it? How do you show it? And that's where our wonderful algorithm comes in. And I knew this from the start because as any good business person does, is you do your research. You do a lot of your own research and it's not out there. No one had this. And it's going to allow you to vet these companies as they're applying for to be on your marketplace or how does your... The vetting happens on it in a different manner. So the... Okay. The impact technology will not do the vetting, but we will have Mm -hmm. an extensive vetting process. So nothing like what exists right now. Like you go to a website and they got fair trade and anti-trafficking and cruelty-free and whatever. We are that on steroids. And what's interesting, it's not just about the product. It's about the company. So you could have the most sustainable company in the world. And if they are doing bad things, and if they are saying we're sustainable in this way, and they're still dumping oil in the ocean, not going to work. They got a bunch of lawsuits against them that they're that kind of company. No. And then we also have a feature built in where you could be a big company with lots of money and you could say, oh, okay, we got these three organic brands. Yes, you can put those on there. However, 95% of what you do is not sustainable. 
So 95% of your stuff, if you're a big food company, is filled with GMOs and you're doing bad agriculture practices, et cetera. That doesn't cut it with our website. So they could come and they could literally say, okay, I'll pay you to make us look better. And uh-uh, sorry, I don't care who you are. I don't care how famous, how big of a company you are. We are throwing the gauntlet at your feet and saying, the more sustainable you are, you're going to have a much better experience and have more customers here. If you're not, this is it. The whole site has a carrot and stick mentality. So there will be carrots in our model and there will be sticks in our model. And if you're somebody that is doing mostly sustainable, you will see what those are. And our incentive there is get more sustainable, become more sustainable. It's better for all of us. It's better for your bottom line. It's better for the planet. It's better for yours. So why would you not look to become more sustainable? And so this is very exciting because it helps everybody and it challenges everybody. So it's the sugar and the spice. Definitely. And we need that because we need that incentive and that challenge to be able to go after it. And there's so much room for new programs to be more sustainable. And with your marketplace, having the business side of things too, they can go and search and find the things that they need to become more sustainable. So it won't just be like this crazy, okay, find it yourself. It'll be right there on your website. So totally. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because people will, people from the outside who don't know us and the model, they will simply think, oh, it's just another sustainable marketplace. So they must compete with this one and that one. Amazon's putting a lot of these people out of business for one. For two, we don't compete with them. They do different things. So you have ones that are strictly focused on grocery. There's ones that are focused on this and that in the other. Like I said, 0% have services. And then on top of that, the ones that do exist, they fall into five categories, food, home, apparel, jewelry, and artisan crafts. Think about that. Only five. We will have renewables and agriculture and this and that and the other. And it's it's insane. And what's cool to your point about the businesses and the consumers is let's say a company is in there in the website and they're going in and they need an energy efficient HVAC system. And they're in there and they happen to see this on the side and they're like, oh, what's that? And they see the product of this sustainable marketplace. They're like, I didn't even know about that. I need some gifts for my holiday party for my employees or a thank you gift for my partner for all the, in a recognition way for our recognition celebration. I need something just to show them that we really care. And so that would make a great gift. And it's not just about stuff. This is the thing I cannot underscore enough. We are not a website saying, hey, come and buy more stuff, et cetera. We will have resource areas on our website that would be totally, it would make Jeff Bezos' skin boil. He wouldn't do it in a million years. What? You're a marketplace and you want to make money? Why would you talk about this and that? So what's cool is people will know, this is why I'm coming here to shop. This is why, this is the impact I make. And we are not just in your face saying, buy more and come and shop until you drop. And just because my friend has a new iPhone, I need to get the newest whatever. Did you think about that landfill that other phone is going to be winding up in? Do you really need this? And really focusing on conscious consumerism. Yes, we want to sell. Of course we want to sell, but not extreme selling that is not conscious selling with our planet in mind. So things that get people to really think about that, get really them to really think about recycling and what is this really doing to both me, our planet? Do I really need this brand new thing? Do I really need that brand new thing? Or can I really live without it? The same thing is on the how fast you need things. It's, oh, Amazon Prime, and it can show up at your door two days later. Do we really need this? Do you really truly need it? Yeah, you might have had an accident and you need a knee scooter to get around. Yeah, that might be an emergency situation and that's the only place you could find it. But 
really ask yourself, do I really need to do this from a sticks of transportation standpoint? Or can I just wait a few days? Can I wait a few days so this can be packaged with a whole bunch of other things that can do one trip? The other thing is thinking about local, shopping local. So that will be part of our model saying, okay, do we want to have lots and lots of warehouses all over the world like Jeff Bezos does? Or do we want to think very carefully about this, very intentionally about this? To where you can have a side of your marketplace that's just like local. So it would go and say, oh, there's something down the road that, that you can ship there and be exactly. very easy for them. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. And I know you guys, you've got the algorithm that's coming out in less than a month, you said. What are your other big milestones that you need to hit before this goes live? Yeah. So number one is I need a CEO. I need a CEO with e-commerce experience. I don't have e-commerce experience. So one of the key things I think for people to realize is we don't know it all. We don't know it all. And the first thing is admitting, hey, I don't have this experience. I don't have this knowledge. And I need that to happen ASAP because right now it's me and a bunch of wonderful interns from around the world. I need this to happen. I need it to happen right away. So the key with that is I need someone who has the e-commerce experience, but they also have a passion for our mission. They just can't go. I have the experience. They must have the passion. They don't need to be as rabid as I am about it, but just so they have the passion. Because you and I both know, if you don't have passion about something, it shows up. It totally shows in your results. It totally shows. So that's number one. Need to get that. Another is investors. So investors are critical. I am not in a position to fund this myself, unfortunately. That's not great. I don't have the friends and family that have it either. So what I really need is investors. I prefer angels. Angel investors have their heart in the right place. They really care about this issue. And they do not have any problem throwing down the kind of money we're looking for. In fact, there's a lot of investors looking to do that. The investment space, the ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance, space of investing is the fastest growing area of investing in the world. And it's producing almost one and a half times the regular stock market. Then you throw in the pandemic, then you throw in all the market ups and downs happening because of the war in Ukraine. And it's a volatile market. So this is a very stable investment. You're getting more for your money. And these people, the investors, when they're angels, they won't have a problem with this. We're not asking for a ton of money. And even the money we are, it's like a, it's like a fly on an elephant's rear end. It's nothing to the people that have the money. In fact, I'm speaking to a couple guys right now in the UK who have angels that are right in this category which is really great. So really looking for those angels that can make it happen for us. And those are the two big need areas. The other things are channel partners, really focusing on channel partners in the particular areas of usage, like employee benefit companies, customer satisfaction and loyalty companies, the engagement companies and on. So all those focus areas in terms of uses that how companies can use our site. Sellers, I want sellers to come and sign up. I want organizational clients to come and sign up. We have on our website, www.planetsense, like the coins.us. And we have that very front page where people can sign up as consumers, sellers, and organizations. The reason that is important is not only to get people to sign up, but the larger the list we have, we can show investors, this is the list of people we have. And that's important because you can't show the revenue because you're an e-commerce site and you need the money to build your site. And without the site built, you're not going to be making any revenue. So then you look to things like a prototype. So we're working on a prototype. Then you look to a list. And so that list really matters. So I would say to get our listeners to go there and sign up, it's just basically a list at this point. We'll reach out once we're near the beta stage, et cetera. But the people who are in the seller or an organizational client category that want to talk about this and want to talk about being a seller, being an organizational, don't just put yourself on the list because that's just out of sight, out of mind. Get in touch with me on LinkedIn. All you need to do is put my name in there, Leslie Sheridan, 
and you will see me and let's have a conversation. Same thing for corporate sponsors. If you're a company and you really want to show you're doing something and you want to show you're doing something real, reach out because you might be a corporate sponsor that also wants to be an investor. And if you're a sustainable company already and you're selling sustainable products and services, you're also immediately a seller if you qualify as a sustainable company and you have sustainable product. Definitely. You guys got a lot ahead of you, but it'll be a fun ride. For sure. It will be a fun ride. It's already been a fun and very interesting ride. Yeah. As a, as a startup founder, you, you learn every day how much you do not know. And the key is you have to either learn it real quick or find the people that know it, that can teach it to you or can do it for you. Even in my intern team, I have interns, especially on my tech team, they've taught me things I didn't know. My digital marketing team, they've taught me things I didn't know. So the learning goes always, and the key is finding those right people that know what you don't know and can partner with you, can teach you it, et cetera, or learning it very quickly. Very yeah. quickly. Is there anything that you are learning in depth right now that you're just trying to learn as quickly as you can? Well, I've been learning a lot about investors and that's been an interesting nut to crack because the sad news is venture capitalists are only in 2022 giving 2.3% of money to women-led companies. And for Black and Latino women, that number is 0.64%. So your chances of getting funding from a VC are slim. It doesn't mean I'm not talking to the ones that are in focusing on the women-led or the climate, et cetera, but you have to be focusing in a lot of different places. And our number one is angels. We want angels that really care about the planet as we don't have the time. This is getting worse every single day. I get sad about it. I get angry about it. This is getting worse every single day. And we need to make Planet Sense happen immediately. The time, it, I cannot, I want this done yesterday. The time, I'm not a patient person to begin with, but this is really not where my patience is going to go with this one. And it's just learning a lot about the investment space. I've learned a lot about that already. The big one also is balance and managing the stress. The other thing is trust, because when you're short on people, when you can't afford hiring people, it's about trusting the people that you have that you know and doing your due diligence on them, but then trusting them. But the managing to balance is very difficult because you're working incredibly long hours, really incredibly long hours. And so things like my meditation practice first thing in the morning and make sure I get my walk-in in the middle of the day. And just even if it's moments of time where you can just decompress and just take a few breaths and keep everything going because if you get too stressed out and you don't take care of yourself you're not going to be able to make what you want to have happen and that's the hard thing because it's a lot of hours it's a lot and lot of hours luckily it doesn't feel like work because it, i have to make this happen and if i didn't go for this i would regret it the rest of my life i want to leave this as a legacy saying we did this together and that's what I want to have happen. But in the meantime, it's a lot of focusing on keeping balance. Definitely balance is so key. So let's finish up with this last question here. If somebody would like to reach out to you, if they're an investor or any of those things that you mentioned before, how can they best get in touch with you? Yeah, that would be LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, I'm a LinkedIn junkie. So definitely LinkedIn and I'm really open. So if they just put a message to me and put whatever they want to be, they can say investor, see whatever, that would be great. Seller, organizational client, organizational clients also would be great if they reach out because I just would like to do some validation with them on, are they doing this and this? We of course know what the research has found, but I want to hear it from their horse's mouth saying, okay, I know that this isn't happening. We see a lot of companies and they might be just looking at the bottom line of the consumer side. They haven't even thought, how are we embedding sustainability in the rest of our organization? And we can help them do that. We can help them do that with their employees and with their customers. And even if somebody is like an Uber and they give this to their employee, 
that person might have a startup company and they're like, this is cool. I'm going to use it as a customer loyalty tool with my customers. And somebody buys X number or whatever, we give them X planet sense to go and spend in the marketplace. Definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. Tell me what kind of person you want to be, a seller, an organizational client, a corporate sponsor, an investor, an intern, etc. Happy to have the conversations. We really need this to happen. Oh, yes, we definitely do. And you have all this great information on your website too about all those things and what each of them mean and all that so it's really a great place for anybody who's curious just to to check you out as well totally and the place that i think they have obviously can go through the site and look at the solution page and look at the benefits to businesses there's an roi page there's an investor page but the easiest quickest thing if they don't have that time to run around is go to our about us page after you've signed up on that first screen and you said you're going to be a consumer, a seller, an organization, you go to the website. There's a link for it at the bottom and you go to the about us page and you click on intro and there's an intro video of me basically explaining the whole business, explaining why it's important, explaining what it does for who. And that will give a really crisp example of how people can get engaged. Great. Thank you so much, Leslie, for jumping on this interview here on the podcast. I'm super excited you were able to join us. Planet Sense sounds like it makes so much sense. And I'm super <laughs> excited to see you guys grow and start to launch this and get things going because I think it's desperately needed. So I'm super excited to watch you guys continue to grow. Well, I'm excited about what you're doing, because as we talked about earlier, there's just so much that's all the negative and you're shining a spotlight on all the people that are looking to change this and keep people's faith that, yes, we can do this and shining a light on people that they can hook up with, products they could buy, that kind of thing. Yeah. And just really make things happen, make this climate change, not so much of a crisis, but something that we are addressing and being able to mitigate in some way. We might not be able to solve it immediately, but we can mitigate it and we can. make it so that we are not getting up to two degrees Celsius or further, which doesn't sound good. Awesome. And if you enjoyed learning all about Planet Sense and how they are creating a sustainable marketplace, then I invite you to check out the link in the description below to see how you can sign up to be a part of the climate movement and really show your support for fighting against climate change. While you're down there checking out all the awesome links for Planet Sense, I invite you to go check out a podcast that I've had the pleasure of being introduced to. It's called Water X Future. And if polluted water is something that you're afraid of, which with all the chemicals that are out there right now and not always the best regulations, it is a huge problem. And the latest episode that they have takes a deep dive into the per and polyfluoroalkyl substances PFAS problem, which can be extremely harmful to our health and the environment's health as well. Make sure you check out their latest episode because three experts discuss the challenges lying ahead and what solutions are available. Water X Future is a podcast focused on water and all the opportunities and dilemmas it contains. Technologies rooted in nature, the purpose of innovation, and the spectrum between science and humans. Don't miss out on their latest episode, linked in the description below. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.